Uh, hello, everybody. Stretching. Gonna stretch. Welcome to the squad room. The podcast. I hope that wasn't your first time listening to this episode and you, <laughs> you start off with that. All right. Welcome to the squad room, the podcast devoted to creating and optimizing a healthy and fulfilling life for first responders all around the world. I'm your host, Garrett Tesla. I'm a sergeant for a sheriff's department in Southern California, and I talk to experts in a variety of fields on this show looking for force multipliers that I can apply to my own life, lessons I can learn, things I can tease out. What can make me happier and healthier? How do we tackle these challenging careers with energy and focus? The entire purpose of this podcast is to make myself better. And trust me, there's a lot of room for improvement. But my point is that I'm trying to learn these things and then I share it all with you. Before we get to the interview, I want to remind you that we uh, can get more information. You, I already have this information. You can get this information. I've had way too much coffee. Uh, you can get the information on this episode and including our guests, show notes, links to their website at thesquadroom.net. You can also subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher and follow me on Instagram and Twitter at The Squad Room. Our guest today uh, is Shelby Luttrell of Bulletproof Fitness. Shelby has a really interesting story and uh, <clears throat> his recovery. Shelby was shot. He's a police officer in Alabama and he was shot. But what was interesting uh, to me when I was learning more about Shelby before he came on, he wasn't in the line of duty. He was off duty. And how that might have been a little bit of a different dynamic of, um, you know, you, you go to work, you strap on your vest, you strap on your gun belt. And, and there is something, at least in my mind, there's something that clicks every day. Part of that ritual is the acknowledgement of the potential for that happening. And but but it's not the kind of thing that I think about typically on a day off. Right. And you might say, oh, I'm running around in condition white, but that's not what I mean. There's always a potential for violence, and as first responders, especially cops, I think we are keyed into those things more often than not. But we certainly don't expect it off-duty as much as we expect it on-duty. And we uh, really don't expect it at our wife's surprise birthday party, like Shelby experienced. So I thought it was interesting talking to him about it and how he relates the training he went through in law enforcement and how that immediately pulled, he immediately pulled from that to survive uh, what could very well have been a fatal injury. Uh, he's got a really interesting story. And then after that, this was only seven months ago too, by the way, seven months from recording date was he, he was shot in the stomach and the arm and his recovery from that and how he's decided to now use that and use that as inspiration for other cops. And you can follow his Instagram page, which is at bulletproof dot fitness. Uh, and you can see his, his progression. And that's someone who reposted one of his photos, and that's how I tracked him down in the story. And I thought, wow, it would be really interesting to share. Um, so he's got a, it's got an interesting story. So uh, here we are with Shelby Luttrell. Shelby Luttrell, of, uh, famous on Instagram. I'm going to say famous <laughs> on Instagram for your uh, webpage, Bulletproof Fitness, on Instagram. Welcome to the show, man. Appreciate it, man. Thank hey, you. we've been trying to catch up for a little bit. I saw you... Because I, you know, like a lot of guys, I'm kind of addicted to the Instagram and the socials and all that, and I got to get better about not being on it. But one of the good <laughs> things about it was uh, I saw somebody repost one of your posts uh, and <clears throat> was blown away by your by not only by your story but by your uh, progression and recovery. So I wanted to get into that, and I reached out to you and was like, "Man, I think it'd be really co- good conversation to have, uh, really inspiring conversation to have to to, to motivate others." But I want to go back a little bit and just kind of talk about who you are and where you grew up and and and, and what got you to the point uh, where you you know eventually became a police officer. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, man. Uh, you know, I was 
I was actually born in California myself. So, uh, <laughs> but we moved here to Alabama when I was about three. So I don't remember much about it. Um, <clears throat> I always wanted to get into law enforcement, but never really uh, persuaded much to get my foot in the door till till probably around like, 2013. I, I actually got fired from a job that I worked at for three years. So Louisiana Pacific was a wood plant. And, uh, man, it was one of them hard labor jobs. And, you know, it gets hard. Something I didn't know if I was going to be at the rest of my life or not. But that kind of went ahead and pushed me to go ahead and uh, jump into being a police officer. And and uh, it was about a six-month hire process I went through with uh, Jasper Police Department before I finally got the chance to get hired and go to the police academy. <clears throat> uh from there, I, I went to uh, started working part time with another police department. There was a chief there, and I, um, he said, you know, that I really caught his attention because out of the six guys that come out of the academy, you know, I was like pretty much the most advanced, and uh, that really just took off and and knew a lot about the job and and done it really good. So he he wanted me to come work there for for him, and I started there part time, <clears throat> and then eventually I. Uh, left Jasper and I went to Cordova Police Department full time. You know, I had my own take home vehicle, I had my own office and everything. They they paid me more and it was a smaller town. <laughs> but uh <laughs> so I, while I was there, uh I went uh become a we went to SWAT school and started up a team. I was uh so start I did a lot of training for them and and uh that's one of the best parts about it to me is it's being able to go in the houses and uh you know cut cut down on drugs but uh from then then on i went to uh, nra firearms instructor school so i'm an nra firearms instructor now <clears throat> then uh i went to several other uh you know like investigations classes and different stuff like that so it, I, i've got about nine ten different certifications and things just from going to a, a smaller town and you know being able to take different opportunities to go there so i, w- I want to back up a little bit because i thought this is going to be interesting to me is um you said you wanted to be an, uh, an officer from an early age but you were working in this plant that you eventually got fired from probably a good thing for you, you know, <laughs> yeah right i mean what was it though that you didn't launch right into police work out of high school or out of you know out of college that you took this different path. Was there what was uh, what was holding you up? Well, I don't know. I guess uh, one of them things not not believing yourself. You know, not uh, one of them things. You know, you always want to do, but think it's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, especially uh, <laughs> back back in my younger days, I uh, <clears throat> I was pretty much on the other side of law. I was always in trouble and uh, running. <laughs> <laughs> You know how it is when you're in high school and stuff. So, um, never really thought I would be much of the type to get hired, and then you know, because I figured they all knew me. And but you know, at the same time, it also helped. When I did become a police officer. I knew uh, what I was doing, what to look for, and and how the other side was thinking. So that helped a lot as well. Well, sometimes I find too, if if you've had some adversity. Um, yeah. you're, you're easy, it's easier for you to approach the job with, you know, maybe some maturity oh, yeah. at some point where you, uh, you understand the, the, the dynamic a little better. So describe yeah. uh, what kind of department, what kind of area you're in there with Cordova. 
Uh, what kind of department I'm in now? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, now I'm only there part time because of my incident where you know back in December, uh, about six months ago, I got shot twice by a forty-five cal. But yeah, we'll get into that uh, whole story. <laughs> okay. Well, that's why I'm there part time right now. I can't get out on the streets full time um, due to some of my injuries still. But I actually uh, am at Alabama Power full-time doing security there and i mean it's a lot better pay uh, a lot better like you know on down the road and stuff you can just keep on advancing up and up which in our uh policing is what got me there you know got me in that job uh because mm-hmm. you know everybody works for the power company around here it's, it's good money and good company but uh so <clears throat> becoming a police officer and getting all the training i did get you know, got me to where I'm at today. Um, so I, I really appreciate it. And I still, I do all the firearms qualifications. Uh, I do all the SWAT team training stuff still. And uh, I teach classes there for civilians. And, you know, I'll go work uh, investigation on cases and stuff for when they, like, you know, we do do a, a call out for a drug raid or something. I still do the, the evidence tech stuff in that as well. Um, so there's still a lot of stuff I can get out and do and help. I just because my injuries I'm not allowed to get out on the streets and and uh, do stuff like that yet. All right, so let's talk about that. Describe, uh, tell tell me the story of the night <coughs> that this all went down. Well, it was uh, December seventeenth. <clears throat> I had my son's birthday party. We was there. At, you know, we we live in these apartments and we have this building that we go to. And they can, you know, we, we rent it out and have a little little birthday party in there. <clears throat> well, we still had it for that night. And my, uh, you know, my son, we got a babysitter for him. And we had my wife's surprise birthday party that night because the birthdays were like four days apart. <laughs> but, uh, so, you know, we was over there and had a surprise birthday party. And everybody's just hanging out. And this guy comes up. Uh, he's stalking his ex-girlfriend that's there with, you know, she's friends with my wife. And he come in the building and then he took off and uh, he was cussing my wife and some other people out and took off down the road to the dead end and turned around and come pretty close to us and parked. <clears throat> so, you know, my mind said, I'm walking down there, I'm, I'm going to ask him to leave. I'm You know, I don't want him to come back and start anything. So I go down there and I'm telling him, look, man, you, you know, you need to get out of here. You don't need to be talking to my wife like that and he, this and that. And he's like, I got you. And, you know, I see him raise his shirt up and he starts pulling a gun out. Well, I'm, you know, I'm not too, too close to him. I'm close enough to react. So I dove and trying to kind of picked him up and landed on the ground with him <clears throat> trying to get the gun and. He ended up firing four times, and uh, one went in my stomach, and one went through my right arm. Uh, I didn't even know I was hitting the arm until I, you know, woke up in the hospital after surgery. But uh, it went straight through, right beside my elbow, actually. And and, the, shot, and you said the other one was shot in the stomach. <clears throat> yeah, the other one went in my stomach, and it went to uh, to my left, and it's still uh, lodged in my back and the lower back muscle. Um, you can actually see it bulging out and feel it, <laughs> but in the emergency surgery, they they didn't find it. They uh, 
said that they, they, they found it in the x-rays after, but they didn't find it there, and now they wouldn't go back in and take it out. But it's getting better and feeling all right now anyways. And how long ago was this? Uh, this was December 17th, so it was, uh, let's see, we've been about June, almost seven months now. Well, so, six, six and a half months. <laughs> so uh, just seven months ago. <clears throat> what um, <clears throat> What was going through your mind when you were struggling <laughs> for that gun? Man, I just, uh, I don't remember much going through my mind when I was reaching for it. I think more of, uh, because it happened so fast. I mean, I remember diving and I remember next thing was shots going off. And I, I, um, after four shots, it stopped and everything was just kind of paused. And I, like I was blindly fighting for the gun and I couldn't see, like, I don't know. I, I guess I just went blind. And uh, <clears throat> I remember thinking, oh, man, I hope I didn't get hit. Like, you know, I hope I didn't get shot. And I was, like, thinking in my mind, like, just wishing I could just, just go back to where we was before this happened and, <laughs> and none of this happened. Like, like it was a dream, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, I, I feel my leg, my left leg go numb, and I kind of fell back, and I lifted my shirt up because I almost felt my stomach burning. I lifted my shirt up and I seen a hole in my, right under my belly button, and uh, I, I kind of just fell back and didn't move. Uh, luckily, my brother was there and he finished, you know, getting the guy off and threw him down the hill. And I remember the the guy ended up coming back. I don't know where the gun was at the time, but he started uh, picking some stuff up around us. I think he was trying to. At like you know, clean the scene up like he wasn't there, and uh, <clears throat> I was just you know I couldn't do nothing. I couldn't even hardly move, and my wife and my brother were sitting there by my side, so I don't even think they really thought much about it. And but he he picked up what he wanted to pick up and took off, and which the police found him about four hours later hiding in a, a barn somewhere. So what were the first uh, thoughts? What were the first thoughts that went through your head when <clears throat> you realized you were shot? Uh, my son and my wife, <laughs> I, uh, you know, I thought that that was going to be the last time I seen them. And, uh, I don't know, something triggered me right then. Like, you know, you, you're not going, you, you're going to stay here. You know, you're going to fight through this and make it. And man, it's, uh, you know, you always hear on the movies, people like, you know, you, you got to fight for your life. You got to fight to live like it's situations like that. And it's, I mean, it's a true feeling. Like it's one of the things. It's probably the hardest thing I've ever done in my life was was fight to survive that. You know, you got to go in a whole another mindset. Which, and I don't think if if it wasn't for my training and policing, I don't even know if I would have survived that. You know, I probably would have would have freaked out and panicked and and went unconscious and uh, probably wouldn't wouldn't have woke up or you know would stop breathing or something. I, I just I feel like you know my training really helped a lot with uh focusing on staying calm because believe it or not man i was i was the calmest one there <laughs> getting shot and i was just uh, i remember my wife said that i told her just put her hands on there i said just put some pressure on it hold right there and uh she said i was just relaxed and calm and talking and laughing <laughs> I, I don't know how i mean <clears throat> you know they say in your training uh when when a situation happens like that, <clears throat> all the blood and everything comes into your into your inside, 
to protect all your organs and everything inside you. And, you know, it leaves your limbs, it leaves your brain and everything. So you have what's called the midbrain. And, and during a situation like that, it's called the puppy brain. And so, you know, that that brain is only going to do what it's been trained to do. And I really think that's what saved my life was having that training in that background so that puppy brain could take over and do what it had to do, you know. <clears throat> what was it specifically? What kind of training did you go through? Was it was it the EMTs, you know, the first responder medical aid stuff, or was there a will to survive class that you had taken, or part of the academy that was instilled in you, that will to fight? What was it? Oh, uh, I'd say a little bit of all. I mean, the, the academy, and then just just being in police. Period. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I said, we do training ourselves, and then I, I've taken. Uh, I went to DEA school for two weeks. I went to. Uh, <laughs> I went to the SWAT school and uh and different uh medical classes. So all that, you know, we we went over in situations on like, you know, how to survive, how to apply tourniquets to yourself, how to stay in the fight and just keep going and you know, you and, and just in regular training itself, you know, for us being police, like, you know when we train we don't we don't die. Like you get shot with the sim round or something, you keep going. <laughs> you don't fall over and, oh, I'm hit. Yeah. So, uh, just having that mindset, really, I think, showed, just showed a lot. So did you were, did you ever find out what your, like, expectant, survival expectancy was that night? Um, I heard later on uh, one of the police officers said that uh, the, the RPS, the EMS said that they, uh, my vitals were dropping when they were leaving that they didn't think that I was going to make it. Really? And, uh, and man, believe it or not, I stayed awake the whole time. I never passed out or anything. I was, I was there, but at the, towards the end, I kind of wasn't, I think because of the pain. Mm-hmm. I remember about halfway to the hospital because we went from Jasper to, to Birmingham, which is about a 45 minute drive. <laughs> I remember halfway there, I told him, I said, uh, Listen, listen. I, I said I don't. I think my stomach's filling up with blood. I said I don't think you know. I, I think I'm about to go. And the RPS, my wife said the RPS guy was freaking out. He told the driver, "You need to stop, step on it and get there." Um, I just felt my stomach like was getting really big and bulging out, and I just thought I was losing too much blood internally. Um, and that was my biggest fear at the time was I could not be able to stop that because I wasn't bleeding much on the outside. <clears throat> mm-hmm. um but i don't know man i mean i think staying calm and controlling my breath and my breathing and all and then uh this helped a lot with that uh, you know like not panicking not causing myself to lose more blood not causing myself to lose more oxygen you know just just little things like that is gonna help survive so you were really conscious and mindful of stuff like <clears throat> like breath control oh yeah I was able to remember a lot at the time uh, on what to do to survive and, you know, kind of stay in the fight. Now that I think back on it, I'm, uh, you know, I wonder if I could have got up and actually finished doing something or, like, making sure I could protect myself a little more. But, but uh, man, it all happened so fast. I just, <laughs> my, I think my leg going numb and my right hand still numb was probably the biggest thing of that throwing me kind of off but you know i've got some bad nerve damage still from from all that so what ended up being the the <laughs> what what damage did you end up incurring inside 
Um, inside, they end up cutting uh, about a foot off my small intestines, and that was it. It was a miracle, man. I uh, they couldn't believe that, you know, it went to the left of my spine, maybe an inch or two. Um, that's another reason they kind of scared. Like, they didn't want to take it out too, but but like I mean, it's just such a blessing. I couldn't believe it. Like missed my spine. I mean, I I could have easily been dead, but I could have very easily been paralyzed. Yeah, very. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so that you have this bullet lodged in you now that that's too <clears throat> it's, it's too dangerous for them to go back in and get it out. Yeah, they said they would probably end up doing more damage than what's already is, and it's too close to my spine, so they definitely don't want to do that. Um, and I've kind of, you know, the first three months I was like, look, I want to get this taken out. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, you gotta be able to do something. They wouldn't do it. And now, I mean, <clears throat> I've been back, you know, I've been in the gym every day. You can see from the pictures of the results. Um, uh, I mean, I've been back doing deadlifts. I do squats. I do bench. I mean, I do it. There's nothing I can't do in the gym so far besides run. Um, no, I can't do as much as I used to, of course. I've got nerve damage in my left front quad, which uh, pretty much I can't feel any of that. And I can't really activate the muscle on it. I can feel the, the, the little muscle down about my knee and my hamstring. Mm-hmm. But that's about it on that. And then my right hand, I don't feel my third finger and my pinky all the way down to my wrist. All that's numb. And yeah. my hand's kind of hands kind of starting to deteriorate and uh lose everything in it you know it's getting real small and skinny but when i work out i usually i use a strap on that side to to hold the weight especially on pull days or mm-hmm. or even push because it hurts my hand so bad having some weight on it and that's um, from the damage from the shot in the elbow it is it they severed the nerves that go down to that that hand you know i can move the the fingers still but i don't have strength in them and all mm much so grip strength is a challenge <clears throat> yes it is um it you know and i used to shoot perfect hundreds i'm being a farm instructor and all but now I'm, uh, it dropped my score down to a 94 <laughs> i've been shooting solid 94 i can't get past it uh and is it your strong hand is it your gun hand that was yeah, yeah it is um it's something with that finger man i just it, it, i don't have the perfect control over it you know, I, lo- I lost all my uh, fine motor skills in that hand, pretty much. Mm-hmm. I mean, I couldn't even start my vehicle for the first few months. Yeah. Do they I can't th- even unlock my house door still. Do they think that it's something that'll come back, <laughs> something that'll come back or something that you've lost? Because I know that a lot of times nerve damage, I've had nerve damage from uh, surgeries. And yeah. you've got, like, for one, one I had <clears throat> kind of a constant numbness tingling for several months, and it was very scary. But it, they were right. It slowly came back. Are you or are you are you uh, hopeful that that'll come back, or have you been told that to be expecting that for uh, your life? I hope it does. They said that it might. You know, if it does, it might be two or three years. Uh-huh. Um, if it even starts coming back. But they they said you know they thought that was about half the chance of of, of happening with the severity of the nerves. They think the right one. I mean, my hand might might come back sooner, but. I don't know right now, man. I think that one just got completely severed. And the one in my, the, it severed five nerves in my stomach that go down to my leg. So uh, it has, I don't know about the chances on it coming back. I know it's a, <laughs> it's a pretty, pretty big area, you know, to cover for five of them to be hit. Yeah. What's your, going to main, 
What's your, like that. What's your daily pain level? Um, I do it on and off. Uh, I, I would say, I mean, it gets up to about an eight, but it's normally around a five. And, you know, the the doctors try to put me on, on pain medication. I tell them that's just not me. I, I don't do stuff like that. And they, they try to ride me for like three to five a day. And I'm like, no, you know. And so they they gave me a few. And I said, well, you know, if if it ever gets too bad and I can't bear it anymore, that would be the only time I'd ever take one. But really for me, man, the gym is, is my, uh, I guess you could say the gym is my drug. It's. It's what gets me through the pain and, and helps me somehow. I mean, you know, a lot of people think it would hurt me worse, but I don't know, me being active and getting in there and I guess relief, releasing the endorphins and all that just really helps a lot and blocks the pain as well. That's interesting. I was going to ask, uh, you know, was it, <coughs> is it a mental thing just getting that? I mean, uh, the stress of going through what you went through has to be intense. And it is. The, you know, the gym is often used as – as a way to relieve stress, but is, so I was wondering if that was it or if it was that the gym literally does take the pain away. Well, it's always been one of my main hobbies. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, I, I've, I've always been in the gym ever since I can remember. Um, and man, it's, it's like my escape. Uh, so not only is it something I love to do, but especially after getting shot, man, it helps with the pain. It helps clear my mind. Because, I mean, I ain't going to lie. There for a while, I thought I was, you know, going to go crazy or or something because it's just so much going through my mind. Just so much, like, you know, just knowing I could have been gone with just the snap of my fingers, you know. I mean, it, it's probably the scariest thing I've ever been through in my life, of course. But it, it puts a lot on my mind and a lot of stress on me and uh, just thinking about how, Easily, I could have, you know, my son would grow up without a father, and my wife had to be here without me and everything. <clears throat> so, and then still dealing with the issues of, you know, how court's going to go and all that stuff in the area, still in process of that, just wait, waiting to get it over with. So, a lot of it's stressful, and then going to the gym really just pretty much helps me stay sane. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're only seven months out from this, and you've still got, like you just mentioned, that this this hasn't been adjudicated yet. Uh <clears throat> But yeah. he's in the he's in custody still. Is that a help? <laughs> well, <laughs> that's the thing, man. I uh, I'm supposed to go to grand jury sometime to get the other charges added to him because uh, our lovely uh, detectives and DA didn't uh, get the attempted murder charge on him. They want to go through grand jury with it. <laughs> um, he's got the assault first on him. And he should have, you know, shooting off by drilling because one, one of the bullets went in an apartment. And, uh, hell, you know, uh, I mean, there'll be a few other charges they can add on them. But he's on house arrest right now, so he can't go anywhere besides work or church or, you know, to court. And he tried to go back uh, about a month and a half ago. They was wanting to change his bond agreement and, so I went to court too and talked to the judge, and they said, "No, he's not going anywhere. He's staying on house arrest." So, um, that, uh, that's a little better. I mean, I'm not really scared of him coming back or anything and doing anything. I'm just more, you know, worried about if he tried to do something like that. I'm on, you know, this time I'm I'm gonna be ready. And I have to react to it, and I don't want to. I don't want that to be something to deal with, you know. 
Yeah, this uh, is. I mean, this is your. You're not in a huge city, so this must be an area where. I mean, I'm not in a very big city at the moment either, and people know each other, and uh, you know, family, friends, whatever. It's there's only so many degrees of separation. This was a then this exactly. was an ex boyfriend of a friend of your wife's. You must. I don't want to say you run in the same social circles, but. But no, you but must, it's still a small town. <laughs> yeah, you must be likely to run into them or hear about them. Does this, oh, um, you know, one thing I'm always curious about with people is um, your feelings towards this guy. Uh, and, and <clears throat> I mean, I, I have to think that you're pissed, right? And, like, <laughs> yeah. Angry. And um, but I think any any adult would re- realize too that anger isn't really doesn't really get you anywhere. Um, yeah, I mean, how do you manage a, that, or how are you struggling with that, or how are you mitigating that? Man, for the first, I, it, it's been a big struggle. I'll say that. Um, for the first few months, I really had probably the worst thoughts you can have of, of doing. I'm sure you know what I mean. And, sure. And you know, my wife really got me back in church, and you know, ever since I survived, I mean, it was a miracle. I mean, so. <laughs> You know, I mean, I was thanking God. Everybody was praying. I was getting in church, and and that, that that's my biggest way of how I turned that around. And you know, so I don't really have that hatred or that uh, you know, wish he was dead top feeling. I, I have more of you know, I'm, I'm gonna pray for him and and uh, hope he can turn his life around because I, I I'm not the first one he's pulled a gun out on. I'm probably just the first one that done something about it, but. He had a medicine charge a few months before that, and uh, actually, uh, the guy just, you know, I guess he put his hands up or ran off. It was over a girl, too, as well, so, um, in my case, you know, I guess being a police officer, I, someone puts a gun in my face, I'm not just going to stand there and run. I mean, that's not how I was trained. That's not how I react, so I, it's more to me, like, you know, I'm, I'm going to react with it before I even think about it, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so the I'm impressed though that you, that you're able to to manage that anger and transfer that into um, efforts to see how lacking his life is. You know, um, yeah, how some, it, something is so wrong with his life that it went to this versus that. Yeah, what I think w- it would be really easy to do is focus on the anger, the resentment, the frustration that he has caused, and then that sends you down a downward spiral, right? I mean, if if you allow that to to enter into the in, into the equation, yeah. Um, I mean, it, it it was definitely something that I still struggle with, but going to church and and keeping all that in mind, it just really helps a lot. Being able to just you know just say I'll, I'm gonna pray for you instead of I'm gonna wish bad things upon you, but uh, it. I mean, I you know. Like you said, you're surprised, and I know it's it's it is a surprise. I surprise myself, and I I really don't even you know. I'm sure a lot of other people uh, wouldn't understand, you know how <laughs> how you can turn that around and and not you know wish the other side on it. Yeah, no, it's 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 fantastic. So, oh, yeah. um, you know, the immediate aftermath <laughs> of this, you how how long do you spend in the hospital? Um. <laughs> That's the crazy thing, man. I was only in there for maybe five days. 
four or five days. Oh, really? Yeah, that's that's kind of, that's on the short end. I mean, five, it's, I spent, I'm not sure I was out the first two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, any surgeries other than the ones that had to be hap- the emergency surgery? Other than they just that. done the emergency surgery where they cut me from from below my belly button all the way up to my chest, and um, they was talking about maybe having a surgery on the hand one day if the they can if they can do anything for that, but uh, but other than that, that's uh, the only surgery there was. Um, somebody said they had to resuscitate me at one time. I I didn't hear much about that, but you know, like I said, I was out the first two days, uh, so I'm not sure on what all happened there but <laughs> i just know somehow i lived when i woke up i i was in the hospital i was just like you know i i thought it was a dream i i woke up and i remember seeing nurses and in the hospital and i so i was like right, you know I'm, I'm going back to sleep <laughs> this ain't right <laughs> uh woke up again it still happened i fell back asleep and you know it's because they had me on the pain medicine i didn't know why i kept passing out uh and I woke up again, and then I realized, you know, I had tubes down my throat. I had stuff going everywhere, and I was just like, what's going on? Like, and then it all come back to me. I, I, I mean, I didn't know it was real. Like, I don't either. either uh, <laughs> there must have been some good meds, or I was just, you know, from being out for two days. They said they tried to wake me up the first day, and I kept trying to take the tubes out of my throat and everything, so they had to keep me sedated till I was, I guess, would say calm enough. Interesting. So, yeah. uh, the thing that it got that the, the the post that I mentioned that got me intrigued by your story was was seeing how you have recovered from this event, right? And you mentioned the gym as an outlet, but um, you've really turned that around and turned that into uh, uh, being leading by example and being an example to other law enforcement officers. And you've moved into a lot of the into that coaching space, right? Yeah. So, um, tell us, tell us about know, what you're doing now with Bulletproof Fitness. Okay. Uh, so, you know, I got back in the gym and I started making tremendous results. You know, I, I looked at it as, look, you know, I'm, I'm starting over again. I almost didn't go back. I was depressed. I was sitting on the couch. I couldn't move. Couldn't even get up by myself. Couldn't even, you know, make it to the bathroom to feed myself. Um. <clears throat> So I was, you know, depressed and thought, you know, I'd start over again. Because back in 2014, I had a bad motorcycle race. So that was a setback as well. So I was thinking, you know, here it is again. I got to start over on everything I just got. And uh, well, the, the owner of the gym, you know, he's a good guy. They took up donations for me and everything. And he, he told me, he said, no, he said, you're going to get back in here. And I'm going to help you get back on your feet. And, uh. So, you know, he, he he's also a personal trainer, too. But, you know, my mind not being as clear and and kind of hazed, he, he put me through some stuff and, and got me back, you know, got my confidence back, my testosterone levels back up and all that um, just by being in there working out and getting moving and getting blood flow and eating right and everything. Um, you know, it. so I, I thought to myself, look, I, I, so I'm going to do this right this time. I'm going to put myself on the meal plan. I'm going to put myself on a, a workout plan because I've always, every, for, for years, I just, I've went in there, I ate whatever, I've worked out whatever. And, you know, I mean, I've got results and I was good size, but I wasn't where I wanted to be. I wasn't shredded or, you know, as strong as I wanted to be. And so <clears throat> it, it surprised me, not only coming back from, 
from where I came from, you know, making the comeback of getting shot. But what the meal plan and the workout plan done, like, you know, if you follow something strict and, you know, I mean, I, I mean, I done went and got certified and I went through and, and done, you know, some courses and I've studied, I've done research for years and years and, and, you know, trial and error pretty much on how this works, what this works, or, you know, this didn't work too well, so I'm not going to do it, you know. And it really, uh, you know, I was able to finally start a business on it. And I, when I started out, you know, I wasn't doing personal training in the gym. Uh, I don't have enough time for that. I do online training. So what that is, <clears throat> I pretty much go and tell you pretty much like, I'm gonna count up all your macros. It's gonna be based off your personal numbers. So it's all every plan is personalized. Um, it's through your age, your height, your weight, your body fat percentage. You know what your goals are, um, how many times a week you can work out, what your job is, how active you are. You know if you're a beginner or you're, you know you you advanced into the workouts. You know what you can do and what you can't. All that. You know I have a form. I send and they fill it out and it tells me all that information and I'm able to sit down. <clears throat> I'm going to write up a plan and count your, you know, your, your basal metabolic rate on, you know, what you, your, how many calories you would burn at rest, mm -hmm. which is based off, you know, your the person's age, gender, height, and weight. And then I'm going to, you know, I'll take on how many calories you need to take in and if you, what your goals are, if you need to do a deficit or a surplus, um, <clears throat> take your macros which is your protein carbs and fats and uh count up on what that person needs to eat throughout the day like you know how the portions they need to eat when they need to eat it how many meals they need to eat and a lot of people think you know oh, i'm just gonna starve myself and lose weight you know it's the exact opposite you starve yourself your body's gonna hold and retain everything it has because it's gonna think it's not gonna get it so it's gonna have to use it to fill off of so it's gonna keep it <laughs> Um, does that make sense? Yeah. I know a lot of people. Uh, so if you actually eat more meals, it's going to increase your metabolism. And, you know, then also just doing cardio after your workout is going to increase your BMR. And, you know, that's when you're really going to start getting into to using your fat to peel off of and shred off of. And, you know, people think they cut the fats out from eating the healthy fats and they're going to lose weight. But that's the opposite, too, because... You know, you got to eat your fats to lose the fats. Like, if you're not putting any in your body, then again, it's, it's going to keep what it has because it thinks it's not going to get them. So if his body gets used to feeling off of them, once they're gone, it's going to move to your fat and start feeling off of it. Sure. You know. Uh, <clears throat> so, basically, you know, there's a lot of research on what that person wants to do and needs to do. I mean, I've had people who's lost 15 pounds in a week and 30 in a month. Um, I've, I've had people that's gained. 15 pounds in uh, two, five weeks, you know, um, depending on if they wanted to muscle up and get strong and big or if they want to shred up or they can do both, man. You can, you know, people think you can't lose fat and gain muscle at the same time, but you can. I have a lot of people that tell me, oh, I'm losing I'm, I'm losing the inches, but I'm not losing the weight. <laughs> so I had to explain to them, well, you know, muscle weighs more than fat. You're, you're losing the fat, but you're gaining the muscle in it, which is what you wanted to do. So that's the result you're getting. Um and then I go into the workouts, you know, I tell them what workout they need to do on what day, um, you know, what muscle groups, you know, you, know, you don't want to work your primary against your secondaries and then the next day train the other one. 
um, you know, you're going to end up doing more damage than good. Uh, go back, you know, from, from heavy loads to high volumes, uh, you know, mixing all that up on how you need to, you know, pretty much on what their goals are. So just want to tell them what muscle group to do, when to do it, what sets to do, how many, what, how many reps. Um, and then it includes abs and cardio and, and all that good stuff. So, so what's the one of started, the, sorry, go ahead. Oh, yeah. When I started out, I, you know, it was, I used it as my name, Shelby Latrell Fitness. And I, I was sitting there thinking, and, you know, it, it was just kind of something I wanted to try and see how it would do. Cause I've always wanted to be a personal trainer always, you know, along with policing because <laughs> those are two of my main things. And so I, when I started out, I said, uh, you know, people don't want to wear shirts that says my name or do this and that. So I come up with a catchy name, Bulletproof Fitness, and I thought it fit pretty well for my incident. And, and you know, a lot of people, <laughs> I think some people just started getting attention just because of his name, you know. Yeah, no, I think in your case, it's probably the most appropriate, <laughs> most appropriate title. So, you know, oh, yeah. what are some, so this is something that we, I ask a lot of people, but, you know, the shift work and the sleep deprivation and that sort of stuff. Those are things that are not unique to law enforcement, but the, you had that high stress environment and then in that is pretty yeah. unique. What are the things, uh, what are the challenges for the cops you work with that, um, the, the hardest things for them to overcome, to get the momentum to move forward? Man, the hardest thing to overcome is the, best all-known excuse is i don't have time <laughs> mm-hmm. people say they don't have time to work out uh so and of course with our line of jobs you man you're working your regular job you're working overtime details and you're doing more i mean anything to, to make the money because police don't pay enough <clears throat> uh, they don't hear anyways <laughs> i'm sure they don't worry why but so you know, I mean, we work many jobs, right? And yeah. uh, you don't, I mean, it, it is hard to find the time, but it's it's really what's important to you. And, and I try to tell all police, you know, working out, it, it should be one of the most important things for your job because, um, you know, one day you're going to need it. I mean, you might be out there by yourself and not be able to get to a tool on your belt. And, you know, I mean, you're going to need to be able to handle it and, and, and uh, keep yourself from getting killed or highly injured and i mean and also just being in shape i mean if you get gassed and you can't even move because you're so tired you're just a sitting duck you know so yeah. i try to i try to explain that to a lot of people on and get law enforcement involved and you know i give law enforcement a discount uh i usually give them all half off along with fire departments and the ems um, just because, you know, I want them to get in it that bad and stay with it and, and change their life. And, and, you know, if you can get them to get over that number one excuse, uh, I don't have time. Then, I mean, once they get in there and they start seeing results and, you know, I got this one, I got my partner, for example, I couldn't get him in the gym for about a year and you can ask him, I didn't give up. <laughs> he, he finally came just because he was tired of hearing me ask him to come to the gym. Um, once I got him in there, man, he was hooked within like three days. Hey, I mean, he wasn't stopping. And, uh, he, he put on, he's one of those, he, he couldn't gain weight and he ate all the time. And so I put him on a meal plan and a workout plan, which he worked out with me. So, uh, he, I mean, he gained about 20 pounds within the first few weeks and, 
I mean, he got strong and was, got a lot bigger and, uh, you know, <laughs> about time for him to get a new uniform now. But, uh, and so this is one of the things, if you can find, you know, get them in there, get them started, uh, if with anybody, I mean, they're going to get hooked and they're going to love the, you know, seeing the results. You feel better. You get, you know, I mean, your confidence is boosted. Your, your testosterone levels are going to rise. You're going to feel better. You're going to sleep better. Um, you're going to eat better, of course, and just live all healthier life. I mean, better run around, play with the kids, better do your job, you know, more safely and productively because you're not going to be so tired dragging around. So to me, I mean, that's the most important thing about it. Where can people uh, learn more about you, find out how to connect up with you on the socials and on your programs? Um, they can go to my Facebook is bulletprooffitness.com. And my Instagram is, oh, I say .com, I meant Bulletproof Fitness. Uh, my Instagram is also called Bulletproof Fitness. So you can find me on either one of those. And if you wanted to see my personal Facebook page, it's Shelby Luttrell. Um, Luttrell is L-U-T-T-R-E-L-L. I know that. It's usually a <laughs> hard name to, to spell. Um, but it, And then both of those pages have a link to go to my website as well. So... Between the three of them, you know, they got all the information you can see on there and, and the different transformations from pe- people I've taken and, uh, you know, s- still ain't been on the pro- doing the online program not too long now, so still I've got a lot of people that, that have started and not got their ending results in yet. That's why, I, I mean, I've got about five different clients on there. You can see their results, but there's going to be a lot more to come to, to just show how good it works and you know, all the crazy results they're making i mean these people surprise me sometimes i'm just like wow you know i i knew i, I know how it works and how it is with me but i didn't you know they they they, they went in there and put about 120 percent in you know mm-hmm. and to clarify too your uh your instagram is at bulletproof period fitness or dot fitness uh just that's, so that's right yeah it. yeah it's and we'll post show notes, or we'll post links to uh, all of your stuff uh, in the show notes too. So if someone wants to go to thesquadroom.net, okay, awesome. if they can't find you there, they can find you find the links at thesquadroom.net for your episode, uh, and uh, and they can find you there. Shelby, thanks for your time, man. Uh, what a story! Being shot through the stomach, feeling like you, uh, you know, fighting through that feeling that you're dying, and then the recovery and coming back. The reason. I thought it would be fun to have you on again is that Instagram and, and how you're posting these photos of your recovery and, and then your training. And, you know, it's like one of those, it's like a, it's a cliche at this point, but you know, oh, I, yeah. I look at, I look at your post sometimes and then, then I think, you know, like, well, I got no excuse. So get, get up, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I tell people a lot of times. <laughs> it's, oh, I just, you know, I don't, I don't feel like it. I explain to them what I'm doing and what I went through like, Oh, yeah, maybe I, I don't have an excuse, man. <laughs> right, exactly. All right, Shelby, thanks for your time, man. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, thanks for listening to The Squadron. If you like what you heard from Shelby, which you, if you got something out of this conversation, please consider leaving a review on iTunes. I read each and every one, and it helps spread the word about the show. Uh, it helps people learn about it. And if you heard something that you think a friend or a loved one needs to hear, please tell them about the show. You can go to thesquadroom.net, and you can actually email this episode directly to someone. To keep up to date, you can text the squadroom all one word, to 44222 to get signed up for our mailing list directly from your phone. And you can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter, at the Squadroom or on Facebook. 
Just search for the squadron, you'll find us. Our job's tough. It's tougher than anything we can put into a few words. If you want to reach out, have a question, start a conversation, you can email me, Garrett at the squadron.net. That's two R's, two T's. And lastly, I want to tell you that this episode is brought to you by Audible.com. With over 180,000 titles in their inventory, Audible has hundreds of audiobooks that apply to us. If it's a slow shift or a long commute, audiobooks are a great way to continue your education and, uh, and get some more knowledge, which is all what this is about, right, people? To get your free 30-day trial and free audiobook of your choice, go to audibletrial.com forward slash the squad room to sign up. Until next time, take care of each other and stay safe.